0: fanboy nation this is your pal daffy duck and
1: you're watching you're watching we're watching you're watching fanboy 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 a fanboy etc fanboy nation God, I assume Tom. <laughs> any chance i get a uh, excuse me here we go <clears throat> anytime i get a chance to speak with this lady it's always about somebody kicking the crap out of somebody else but we have fun no matter what never back down revolt has been directed by kelly madison it comes out on blu-ray and dvd and digital tuesday november 16th she's got michael bisbane in the film olivia Papika. i can't i can never pronounce olivia's last name correctly uh so she can be mad at me in in a little bit but you know uh we we just gotta reconnect kelly how are you
0: doing so great such a joy to talk to you as always
1: listen it's my pleasure you know you continue on the legacy of the never back down franchise only this time we're dealing with human trafficking uh you know surprisingly this is a topic that never gets cumbersome because although it's in the news it never really gets full coverage
0: I agree with that, probably because of the nature of it being such a dark, you know, part of humanity. So people, uh, even though, you know, the underbelly of humanity, just knowing that this is going on all around the world is so sad, so disheartening, so tragic. But um, at the same time, yeah, so it's not the most fun, exciting, you know, most entertaining topic to talk about. But what's interesting about Never Back Down is I think we tackle it in a really intriguing way. Um, first of all, it's not about human sex trafficking, which is a little bit refreshing in the sense that we've seen a lot of that and it's not going away. So we still need to to continue to give that, that area of trafficking coverage, but, um, sorry, the dog, which is what happens when you're doing interviews at home. But, um, yeah, so, but our trafficking is different in the sense that these women were scouted for their fighting skills. And their abilities, and then they were trafficked to be put into an underground, really dirty, gritty fight ring in Rome, Italy. And so um, it's kind of a unique angle to it. And so you get to see that these women um, are being trafficked for their skill sets, which makes for, you know, enjoyable fight scenes and whatnot in the film. But also, you know, one thing that the villains didn't keep in mind is like, oh, shit, maybe we shouldn't traffic a bunch of women that can fight because they can fight back.
1: Exactly. And writer uh, Audrey uh, Arkins gets that down to a T.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just an exciting script with a different tone. And, you know, I'll, I'll definitely beseech, uh, never back down fans to give this one one particular film in the franchise a shot it it doesn't have to do with the same characters and obviously Michael Jai White is not in it and and we've sort of rebranded restructured and reimagined um the film but I think it's just as enjoyable it's just it's sort of a fresh take on it you know and in the martial arts world and in the fight world you want to evolve anyway it's like okay we've seen that type of film before and now let's go and see something fresh. So hopefully the fans of the Never Back Down franchise will still enjoy the other films, but then, you know, welcome in this new one.
1: Well, when we get a villain with a big mouth and a big talker, you can't get much better than Michael Bisping.
0: Bisping is fantastic. And if you're a Bisping fan, you are going to be anything but disappointed seeing him in this movie. He's so enjoyable uh, to watch and he was a, just a joy to work with um really really lovely person always smiling always beaming um always telling me kelly whatever you want yeah sure you got it you got it you know just really really collaborative um and and again he just jumped off the screen um in a way that i don't think anyone has seen before from him in an acting performance you're going to be really really surprised
1: the the most surprising thing about Michael Bisbing is that he didn't transition from MMA to professional wrestling with, just because of his talking skills.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's so talented all around. And I think that, um, you know, after this film, we're going to see him in more movies and more acting roles. I think he's going to continue to grow as an actor. Uh, he seems to really be enjoying that element of his career anyway.
1: Well, you have a cast in this film, James Faulkner. Uh, extremely recognizable, talented gentleman. uh, Hannah El Rashid, Olivia who who is in tyrant, which was one of my favorite shows, Diana Hoya or Hoyas. I can never pronounce her last name either. So people are going to get mad at me, but the middle Eastern ones I have no problem with because that's where my family's from. You know, the, like, these are some talented actors that are, have really recognizable faces and you've known their work for a while that it just adds to the appeal. It's not like this is a college film where, you know, we don't recognize some of these people.
0: The cast is so off the charts. Like, literally, And I know every director is supposed to say that in interviews. (laughs) Um, Like, that's your job to say that. But in this case, it's so true. I really felt, I'm proud. I handpicked most of the cast myself. um, And Sony gave me that creative uh, leeway. And I, we just have these lush, gorgeous, unique faces and talents from all over the world. You know, like you mentioned, Diana Hoyos, we've got Nitu Chandra, who's one of the most uh, brilliant talents out of India. She's really fresh and vibrant and up and coming, and her performance in this is staggering. Um, you've got Olivia, who's actually, I think, from Romania originally, now living, then moved to London, now living in Paris. Um, so international. We've got uh, a, a lovely actress, Vanessa Campos, from Indonesia. And you know I love my Indonesian fighters, if you <laughs> follow my work. Um, and then just just the list goes on and on, like all these great – so it really – it's not even the um, – a matter of that we were attempting to check off diversity boxes, which is like what a lot of people women are doing these days. It's not just that. It's just like they were the right, uh, the, uh, the right talented actors for the roles. And, um, like I said, they've got, there's lush characters. So the, the comments that I've been getting about the movie is that people really enjoy the cast and really enjoying watching these women, you know, pop off the screen. It's really fun.
1: Well, what I appreciate with your casting and your filmmaking is that you don't do it for a checkbox. You know, uh, Indonesian fighter check, Indian fighter check, British fighter check. You know, you cast the people that fit the narrative. And that's what we really want to see. We're to, you know, we don't want to be talked down to as an audience and go, uh, that's that check mark. Yeah. All right. We got it. You know, uh, you know, this person belongs to that community. Got it. No, you tell a story. This is an international story with an international cast that's being told from a world perspective.
0: It's a hundred percent true, and um, I, I wasn't attempting to check off boxes. The only thing that I wanted to do, because the script was so lush and filled with drama, that I, we really wanted to cast actors first. You know, I, I we auditioned hundreds and hundreds of people, as you do, and we are looking for those talented fighters. Like, I'd love to find the next Gina Carano. You know, someone that is a has a fighting background and then can transition to a really strong, super strong uh, acting, uh, <clears throat> you know, aspect of their career. Very much like Michael Bisping, but we couldn't really find that. That's that's a gem. That's really hard to find. So we went with actors first, and then we trained them, and trained them, and trained them. And so that you know, that's where we went. But and I love working with both, as you know, from like the gate. I love taking. Beautiful talent like Chachap, Arif Rahman, and Amy Johnson, who have the fighting background, and then just really help them craft a performance. Like, that's another way to go, and I love, I love working with both sides. Yeah.
1: Well, you're pulling it off, and you're still doing something right, so if you weren't, we wouldn't be talking right now.
0: Well, thank yeah. you. I hope so. I hope, I hope you enjoy the film, and um, you know, you'll have to let me know what you think.
1: Oh, the, the film's absolutely great. I also appreciate that all the women seem to be in the same weight class. It's not like, you know, pro wrestling where you have somebody that's 5'2 and 112 pounds trying to take on somebody that's, you know, 6'8, 3'20.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Um, there's, there's definitely some fun fight scenes, mm-hmm. but hopefully you come for the story yeah. and then you, then you enjoy the fight scenes like on top of that. Right.
1: But there's the realism of it, which I really appreciate. And MMA, unlike kung fu, is very hard to translate to the big screen because you know some uh, some of the grappling moves don't look great on camera. Some of the punches or the kicks don't look great on camera, so they have to be exaggerated for film. But you're still able to make it believable.
0: Oh my gosh, definitely! And then you know, just working with Michael Bisping, you you just learn so much, you know, from a talent like that, and and also. Working with talent at his level, you get to work uh, faster. Like he picks up choreography really fast. He can just get in there, and work out. That's what it was like too on the gate when you're working with professional fighters. It's just so efficient and so great. So you know, the girls took a little bit more TLC, but they really worked hard in prep to train. These girls really worked hard. So I and I definitely think it pays off on the screen.
1: No, yeah, it totally does. And the the great thing is is that. You know, I'm going to touch upon it just for a second, because I know someone will get mad at me if I don't, and I will lose six woke points. This is a female director with a female writer writing a fight movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the plan, right? It's like, you know, I'm trying to brand my career in general as doing, you know, massive, you know, what's typically deemed masculine material. I love fight movies, action movies, martial arts. I really want to have a career like James Cameron. Like, I just, I want those, I want that working. I want to work in sci-fi and genre uh, and elevated action. So what I'm trying to do with every piece, you know, every piece of film that I work on, I try to elevate it. So hopefully people see that. And <clears throat> it's not just about fight porn and it's not just about, okay, let's make sure the action scenes are super, super great, but the story's not solid and you're not rooting for the characters. So, what I want to, um, you know, hopefully grow into as my career continues on is just is working on yeah great elevated action where you're building these great characters that you can root for because if you're not rooting for the characters, then the action scenes mean nothing to me. Right,
1: and I think a lot of people forget that either they focus, you know, on the fight scenes and the fight scenes are great and the story's lackluster, or the story is pretty good and then you see the fight scenes and it's just shaky cam to make up for the bad performance in the physicality
0: yeah exactly you've nailed it like or uh, you know a mixture of hybrid of versions of all that yeah but 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 that's not what we're trying for here you know you want to make sure the script is solid then you cast well then you get a good fight slash stunt team and then you get in there and hopefully you check off all the boxes in the movie you know and I I always kind of reference James Cameron because he's done such an amazing job at crafting these uh, fantastic heroines, too, like, that will live, that are, they're seminal movies that will live throughout all of history, you know, Linda Hamilton and The Terminator and Sigourney and Aliens. It's just like, ah, he's just nailed those characters to a T. And when you love them so much, they're so powerful, they're so heroic. When they are in peril then you're rooting for, and you have these great action sequences, these set pieces. When those characters that you love are in peril, that's when you're sitting in the theater on the edge of your seat, not wanting those characters to get injured. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. And the one thing that you pulled off that he's done marvelously in the last 40 plus years is the fact that when the women are strong characters, they're strong characters. There's no posturing going, I'm a strong, independent woman. You know, like we get it. Cause you got top billing. We kind of figured it out.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, I like, I like my work also to feel grounded and realistic. So it's like, you know, when you're walking when you're a real heroine in life, and you're and you're doing brave and, and bold, you know, uh, you're making brave and bold choices, you know, it doesn't have to have all this bravado to it. I like it to feel like really grounded, you know. Um, and so at least that's what I'm attempting to accomplish.
1: Well, with Never Back Down Revolt, it does seem organic and it is realistic because, again, we mentioned that there's human trafficking in this, but it's not sex trafficking, which is a horrible thing in and of itself. But, you know, you took, you and Audrey took a, a slightly different approach and turned it into an action film, thankfully, um, just because, you know, that doesn't need to be a, sub, a subplot in every movie. But the fact that, you know, people will be paying attention to that and realizing it and making connections the other way around – and thankfully, unlike you know Western media, where they'll give a heavy topic of something like se- human sex trafficking, and then the next story to lighten it up would be you know puppy rescue squirrel, we're uh, we're doing something right here.
0: You know, a hundred percent. And the thing that I uh, again I'm uh, attempting to you know I'm striving to achieve in my work is there's always a message, right? Like film is so powerful. Like, you watch these documentaries now on Netflix, and it completely impacts change. It's like, you know, like, on a daily basis, like, there's powerful stuff. Story is powerful, and story impacts change. And so if you take something like Never Back Down Revolt, and you think of it like, oh, well, it's a cool little fun action film, and look at the women, they're fighting back. If it inspires one woman to get out of a domestic abusive situation, or to or to fight to get out of an oppression, or... You know, just so that you can recognize, like, oh, I have an ability to fight back. I've got the power within me. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds a little bit cheesy, but it's true. Like, stories get into the <clears throat> subconscious and into the zeitgeist. So it's like any message like that for women, just giving them the chance to fight back, you really can fight back. I mean, we are technically and physically the weaker sex. So you have to find a way if you are being oppressed. In any type of way, you have to, you have to figure it out, but you can fight back. You don't have to stay in these situations. So if this movie inspires any woman to do something like that, then, then we've done our job and that's really exciting as well. It's an exciting aspect of filmmaking.
1: Well, the truth be told, if, you know, film wasn't that inspiring and got people off their butt to do something, we wouldn't have six Rocky movies and then two spinoffs.
0: And exactly. And Rocky is the perfect script um, that people reference in screenplay classes and in screenplay books and people that teach screenplay writing. It's the perfect script structure that people always reference. And I always think, are you rooting for the lead character, you know, the, the three-act structure and whatnot? Like, are you rooting for them? And that's why Rocky works, because you're rooting for them. So I, I really struggle with films. You know, there's some really cool... Artsy, edgy, independent films out there, but which you could appreciate the art form of it. But when you walk out of the theater, if you're not rooting for the lead, it just leaves you kind of emotionally blank.
1: Right. Yeah. And then there's films like Billion or Million Dollar Baby that just leave you an emotional wreck.
0: Yeah. Well, there's that too. But even with Million Dollar Baby, you're rooting for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: You know, at least you're rooting for her. So then, even if it ends tragically. You're just you feel you feel something, you know, Um, and not all movies end, you know, positive or they're not all redemptive, but um, but you have to be feeling something. And the movies that I struggle with, like I said, are the movies where all the leads are unlikable, you know, (laughs) so it's like everyone's an asshole and everyone is a horrible person and doing bad things. Then you walk out of theater, kind of like, gee, why did I go on that journey?
1: So what Kelly's telling us is she does not like rom coms because everybody in those movies are absolutely horrible people. Not the, no, actors, think, the characters,
0: No. I mean, aren't they even making rom-coms anymore?
1: <laughs> so here no, and there, I there. There was actually a decent one that came out not too long ago. Which one? Uh, find, uh, it was uh, Finding Figaro. It was with uh, Danielle McDonald. Oh, wow.
0: That one flew under the radar for me. Yeah, I didn't hear she,
1: about it. Uh, she's striving to become an opera singer in that one. And so it's, it's an actual good one because – you know, there, there's like, you don't hate them. You know how in most rom coms you're like, wow, she's a horrible human being and he's a terrible human being. I don't want either of them to be happy. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. Like, are you talking Like, both of them gone and for Aniston,
1: both- Right. In the breakup, I didn't want either of them to be happy at the end of that movie.
0: Right. The breakup. Yeah. I see where you going with this uh, philosophy. <laughs>
1: No, but you, you and Audrey give us hope and Audrey's last name is pronounced Arkins, A-R-K-I-N-S. Uh, you know, she's the screenwriter for this. You, both of you give us hope, you know, for the female characters. Like there's struggle, there, there's kidnapping, there's, you know, an evil villain, you know, antagonist in Michael Bisbing's character, you know, and so much more, that, but there's still hope in it. And it didn't come across like one of those 1970s women in prison revolt movies.
0: Oh, well, that's refreshing. I I'm, felt I'm that way. Yeah, I, we wanted it to feel kind of modern and current and edgy. And even in the cinematography, you know, we went with darker colors and things like that, um, but still keeping the palette beautiful. But um, yeah, it's just it's just edgy and different and intriguing. And it's a story we haven't seen before. So I, I always like fresh original content. So um, even though it's a part of a franchise, again, you've never seen this movie before, and it certainly has nothing to do with the rest of the franchise. So it just feels very fresh. I think.
1: Yeah, sometimes you need that spinoff.
0: Yeah, it's a rebranding, you know, and so and they're actually talking about like the next one being maybe about following one of the girls again um, and doing doing a five, and hopefully this one will do well. So go out and watch it.
1: <laughs> well, November sixteenth. Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. Tuesday, November sixteenth. That's the important date to remember.
0: That is the day to remember. And thanks for helping to spread the word. And also, it will be available on a streamer after that as well. We just haven't been told exactly which streamer.
1: Well, the important thing is that it will be there. I know my copy's in the mail. I already got to see a, a pre-screener digital copy. Um, you know, now I get to see all the bonus features, which is what I'm most excited about. Because I typically watch those first before I go and watch the movie.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, I didn't know that. That's yeah. exciting. I'm
1: that weird. So. I'm the guy that will watch, like, the documentaries first on the Blu-ray and then go back and watch the movie.
0: Yeah, super exciting. I'll be curious to see stuff because I haven't seen that sort of behind-the-scenes footage yet.
1: Uh, <laughs> one thing I, w- I want to make mention, because this seems to be a very – weird time when it comes to to being a female and femininity and you know a female strength and female empowerment uh the weird situation is sometimes it's almost to the point where women have to be masculine in order to be considered powerful how do you as a filmmaker find the balance between femininity and female strength versus females trying to have masculine strength
0: you know, that's a great question all around and just even in your everyday life, too. What I find, and again, this is going to sound like a cheesy response, but it's true, it's all about balance, right? So, and even as men, if you if you tap into the men, like, it's important for men to be masculine, but also how do you embrace your feminine side without, you know, getting ridiculed in any, any way, shape, or form? It's like we all need to embrace our two sides, so I find in my life <clears throat> that I try to walk the lines of like, maybe when I'm with a boyfriend, then I I can really let my feminine side come out. And then when I'm at work, I have my more masculine side. And I think, and I'm not like speaking to the issue of gender fluidity by any stretch, but what I'm saying is it's like, we all have those colors within us. So if we can, You know, and we don't have to be one way at all points of time. Like, I don't like being like, I'm masculine and I'm domineering and I'm this and I've got to control the situation. But, of course, as a director, you have to be empowered at work. So it's like, I love love exploring both of those sides to my character. So I think that applies for your characters in the film as well. Uh, Does any of that make sense?
1: No, absolutely. Because it has that whole Samson and Delilah feel, even though Samson was one of the strongest men in the world. Delilah outsmarted him and was able to take his power away from him because he was stupid enough to reveal a secret.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's tapping into all sides of yourself, you know, and, and allowing yourself to have both sides. You know, I, I love f- feeling that masculine part of myself and then I also allowing myself to dip into fem- femininity. It's really interesting because, you know, we're doing a red, we're doing a premiere next week in Los Angeles. And everyone's like, well, are you wearing, like, a big, fancy, like, gorgeous gown, or do you have to, like, dress all masculine because you're a director? And it's a really interesting conversation to have. And, you know, I've always been, I've actually been told by some horrible producers along the way that, like, you can't dress up too much and you can't look too pretty. As a director, you have to make sure you dress down and have no makeup and wear baggy clothes. So, honestly, it's it's a good conversation to keep going because, um... I I don't know what line to walk in that regard. It's like, I want to continue to get work so I can be a filmmaker, and I'm being told I can't look too pretty. So you tell me what you think about that.
1: Well, first of all, I'm the worst person to ask for fashion sense because I dress like a homeless teenager on the regular. Uh, Okay, sir. (laughs) but, But the truth is, whoever Kelly is, let Kelly be.
0: Yeah, in an ideal world, I'm with you. You know, like in an ideal world, but everyone's got perceptions of you. And and if and if the worst thing that I have to do is like dress down a little bit and don't wear that much makeup to be considered for work, like hey, I'll do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. That
1: just seems kind of ridiculous because we know your name's on the movie, so who cares? Like I I never understood that concept. Of yeah, you have to check off this box or be in this box. Just tell a good story. That's all I care about. And I know you tell good stories. That's why I like talking to you and you're nice to me. So that, that's bonus points.
0: I will always be nice to you. You can, you can rely on that. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's an interesting, you know, sort of, uh, conversation that exists in our consciousness that I think we've come, that we're now evolving and changing, which I am delighted about. But I just don't think in the, you know, in the past, like necessarily like pretty women are, you know, you know that old stereotype like, oh, if she's blonde and she's this, she must be kind of dumb. So it's again, it's great if you're pretty that you can't be smart and powerful. I do think that is like a consciousness in the world that we need to change and I do feel it's changing. Like women are becoming empowered and politics and some of them are beautiful and empowered in entertainment and some of them are beautiful. So we shouldn't discount people that are attractive, but, um, but again, it's about, it's changing the conversation all around about just women, period. And so, and that if you're feminine, that it's not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not intimidating, you know, whatsoever. If you're embrace your femininity as well. Um, so, you know, things are evolving and that's the positive takeaway.
1: You know, it's interesting the way things go, and I don't get it sometimes, but I do like the fact that Kelly is humble enough to tell us all how pretty she really is.
0: Oh, no, that wasn't the message. (laughs) I'm
1: totally teasing. I'm totally
0: teasing. (laughs) That was not the message, but anyway, I've I've literally been told by people, you need to wear no makeup, your hair back, and wear a garbage bag. You know, because Kelly, if you've seen me in pictures, actually has boobs. And so it's like, yes, I have Big boobs, just because they're there, um, you know, doesn't mean I can't direct. So it's like, it's silly, crazy stuff. I mean, if you watch that interview from a long time ago, this kind of shocked me because I saw it recently with Helen Mirren. Uh Okay. And Helen Mirren is buxom. Right. And and some guy, some ass it was like decades ago in an interview, literally asked her like, oh, so how is it for you being a woman that, you know, is... Is it has large breasts or something. Do people think you're dumb? <laughs> like, like, I'll just never forget. And it's, this is what I'm saying. Like, it's crazy shit that, that goes on in people's brains. It's crazy. And uh, then I felt bad for Helen Mirren and she handled it with grace because, you know, we have no choice. It's like we have to handle these questions with grace. But, hey, I love, on this note really quick, I love watching women like Scarlett Johansson and Reese Witherspoon now they sort of, you know, when they ask her, oh, Scarlett, how does it?" you know, ask stupid questions about her being in her, like, suit. And then, you know, she'll kind of snap back at the media and say, how come you're not asking any of the men what it's like to be in their suit? Like, you know, because so many people in the media focus on women's sexuality. It's, like, always about sexuality and not about the character and the intellect and all that. So it's just, it's just a battle that we have, and, and we're just continuing to fight it. What can you do?
1: You know, Kelly, I'm going to put it this way. As buxom as you might be, I don't think that behind the camera, uh, it's going to distract the lens and take away from the scene. So I don't know why that should be an issue and that people would tell you or Scarlett Johansson or anybody else that either about being buxom or about wearing garbage bags.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. And thank you for saying that. And, you know, I, I will tell you this much, which I'm so grateful for. The more work I put out there... In the universe, the more respect I get on set. So it's such a joy. Like, this particular movie, and I'm speaking completely honestly and candidly, I had no issues from any of the cast or crew, like, following my leadership. No one. Everyone was, like, you know, collaborative. Everyone was, like, yes, Kelly, whatever you want. Like, how could we... And, and so it was so much respect, and I think it's because they see your work, and so then they're like, oh, okay, this chick knows what she's doing, so hopefully the next film and the next film, I only build that stature more, and because in my earlier films, like on The Tank, for example, my first film I ever directed, about 50% of the cast and crew like hated me for no reason, just being a woman, and the other 50% supported me, but I, I, I was told... Blatantly from some of the men on the crew that they were uncomfortable taking direction from me. You know, one dolly grip I remember said, oh, I don't, I'm not going to take direction from you, only the DP. And it was very, very awkward. And so I felt a lot of contention on that film. And now the point I'm saying is it's evolving and the more work you do, the more respect you get. And so I'm really enjoying that process. It's such a relief. I'm like, oh gosh, thank you. Please look at my work, you know, and, and please put your faith in me because I'm the director. It's my job to lead. So it's really exciting that on this movie, um, I was given that much respect and given that much, um, trust, you know, they trusted me. So it was, it was a joy to work with the cast of this movie. I, al-
1: I also think it helps that, uh, you know, all, well, most of the cast knew how to fight, you know, Nidu is, ta- is a Taekwondo fighter, Bisbing's former UFC, uh, champion and so on and so forth. You know, there's a different level of respect when it comes from fighters than it does from artists.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way, but there is a discipline there. You so know. that's
1: an excellent point. Well, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is my personal take on it. And someone got mad at me for saying this because it sounds complimentary in one direction and negative in the other. And then they realized what the spin is. And so they got mad. But I said, um, you know, there's the difference between athletes and actors is that one's a flower, one's a weed. And it sounds negative saying that the athlete is the weed, but. You know, with the flower, you have to fertilize it. You have to prune it. It has to get just enough sunlight, but not too much sunlight. It has to get just enough water, but not too much water, or else you can kill the plant. With athletes, athletes are like weeds. You chop them. You cut them. You poison them. And guess what? They'll find a crack in the cement to still grow and take the sunlight that's rightfully theirs next to you.
0: And come back over and over. Yeah, they're they're hit. They're they're knocked out, they're falling down, and they continue to come back. And that's absolutely right.
1: So I would much rather be a weed than a flower in this instance.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I see where you're going with the analogy. I'll buy it.
1: You know, that's the analogy. It sounds negative in the beginning, but once you get to the point of it and the crux of it all, you know, it's better to be the weed in this situation. And you know what? You keep growing. If they keep trying to chop you down, poison you, pluck you from from the earth, you still managed to dig in your roots and and shine through. And I commend you for all of that.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I plan on it. I will just, I will be never backing down. (laughs) And and the weed will always be growing through. You guys can't get rid of me.
1: Well, Never Back Down Revolt again, November 16th. That's a Tuesday. Blu-ray, DVD, digital copies, get those. If you're going to wait, make sure it is a Christmas gift for somebody or a Hanukkah gift or whatever holiday you're going to be celebrating.
0: Yes, buy it. Stocking stuffers. Everyone at Christmas gets a Never Back Down Revolt DVD.
1: There you go. (laughs) Just buy six of them and go, here you go. One for you, one for you, one for you.
0: Yes, thank you. It's always a joy talking to you.
1: Where can we find you on social media if we want to connect with
0: you? Oh, absolutely. I'm on Instagram at directormadison.com, uh, not .com, at directormadison. <laughs> um, you can see how much I'm on socials. Uh, Facebook is just uh, Kelly Madison, and then Twitter is at directormadison.
1: Kelly Madison, K-E-L-L-I-E, not Kelly Madison with a Y. I typed in the wrong spelling earlier today and a totally different Kelly Madison popped up that uh, would not be a part of this conversation.
0: Please make sure to add the I-E. You are 100%
1: right. (laughs) Kelly Madison, thank you so much for your time. Never Back Down Revolt, available Tuesday, November 16th, Blu-ray, DVD, digital, eventually on a streaming platform. Congratulations on this film. I'm really thrilled to talk to you about it.
0: Thank you so much. The pleasure's all mine. I really appreciate talking.